actual effort to come out, be in this service this morning. Hallelujah. But uh, I'm going to go to Ephesians. I'm going to start at chapter 2. The, the, th the third chapter is the chapter I want to deal with. Uh, but you could stand for the reading of the, these first few scriptures just to kind of introduce uh, where I'm heading in uh, the book of Ephesians chapter 3. But in Ephesians chapter 2, starting at verse 13, let's start at verse 12 of chapter 2 of Ephesians. That at that time ye were without Christ, being aliens from the commonwealth of Israel, and strangers from the covenants of promise, having no hope and without God in the world. How many is thankful for the church today? Oh God, where would we be without the body of Christ? I'm telling you, I have faced, you go ahead and be seated I have faced some times in my life that if it hadn't have been for the church, I'd have been in trouble. And uh, I mean, and I, I know I had a relationship with God. I know God was alive, well, living in my heart, in my soul. But man, it was just something about just the opportunity to gather together. And the Bible talks about forsaking not the assembling, but to have a local assembly, a church body that I could come around and communicate with, commune with, draw strength from, and go home feeling like I had friends, feeling like somebody did care about my heart, my soul. And uh, uh, I, I appreciate the church for that. And uh, uh, But there was a time... Uh, that not everybody was a part of the church. Israel was the chosen, the Jews, the Gentiles, uh, all, all of these, they, they wasn't a part of the body of Christ. And, but now in Christ, in the verse 13, in Christ Jesus, you are sometimes were afar, that were afar off are made nigh by the blood of Christ. We've been grafted in. We've been adopted in. We have, we have foster children Excuse me this morning, I got, I had a deer hung in the fence and I, my heart wouldn't let me drive off and leave it hanging in the fence in cold weather, so I tried my best to get it undone, wound up going back to the house, getting fencing pliers, cutting my fence, got hair all over me, froze to death, and uh, my wife sits telling me what kind of hero I was and how proud she was of me, Hallelujah. All that so one of these young boys next year can shoot it between the eyes when it's got a great big rack on its head. So, <laughs> But now in Christ Jesus where you sometimes were afar off or made nigh by the blood of Christ. For he is our peace who hath made both one. He's brought us together and hath broken down that middle wall a partition that was between us. Man, aren't you thankful that we've been grafted into the body of Christ? Hallelujah. Having abolished in his flesh the enmity, even the law of commandments contained in ordinances, for to make in himself of twain one new man, so making peace. All that, 
all of that mosaic law, all of those rituals, all of those things uh, uh, were done away with. And man, on those uh, feasts and, 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 and all of these things, when they came, there was, there was just sacrifice after sacrifice after sacrifice, thousands of sacrifice. They talk about how the blood just ran down as a flow and into the stream. Uh, and at these, at these sacrificial times and all of this never did really remit one sin, just rolled them ahead, just one from one year to the next, an escape goat. But one man made all of this possible that uh, there had to be, there were, all these rituals were done away with and we were brought in to one body of Christ. And having slain the enmity thereby, those that was part of the body of Christ, those that were the chosen and those that were not chosen, that enmity that was that was there, and uh, and came and preached peace to you which were afar off, and to them that were nigh, for through him we both have access by one Spirit unto the Father. Now therefore ye are no more strangers and foreigners, but fellow citizens with the saints and of the household of God, and are built upon the foundation of the apostles, the prophets, Jesus Christ himself being the chief cornerstone, in whom all of the building fitly framed together groweth into a holy temple in the Lord. I'm thankful that we're one body today in whom ye are also builded together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Hallelujah. Know ye not that you are the temple, what? Of the Holy Ghost. There's no more, uh, there was no more sacrificial. There was no more, uh, you know, being alienated. It is just one sacrifice, one supreme sacrifice brought us all together and made us one body. And we became the temple of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. This this natural man, I know we still fight this natural man, but the natural man receiveth not the things of the Spirit of God. The natural can't even know them because they're, what, spiritually discerned. And a lot of times we, uh, we see commentators and we see theologians and uh, we see scholars that don't even have the Holy Ghost, don't have the gift of the Holy Ghost. And uh, uh, sometimes I, I, I'm amazed at their, at their theology that they can even bring it down as close as, as they can because they're not spirit-filled. These things are spiritually discerned. You've got to be a part of the body of Christ. You've got to have his spirit dwelling in you. And, and so we're building together for a habitation of God through the Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm thankful today that we are the temple of the Holy Ghost. And Paul in chapter 3, for this cause, this is why Paul is writing this epistle right here. This is why he's exhorting to the church right here. For this cause, I, Paul, the prisoner of Jesus Christ, for you Gentiles, if you have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, to you word, 
other words, I'm, I'm explaining to you. It's no longer just a, a Jew thing, but it, this dispensation of grace uh, has expanded out, and now we are all the temple of the Holy Ghost. We are the body of Christ. And so he said, this is what I, I'm writing to you, how that by revelation he made known unto me the mystery as I wrote afore in a few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ, which in other ages was not made known unto the sons of men as it is now revealed unto his holy apostles and prophets by the Spirit. I'm telling you, there was no open vision. Uh, uh, you either got it by the, the prophets or the, or the priests and the, and, and the judges and the, uh, things of that nature, but thank God those times uh, are past that we could come boldly into the throne. Uh, uh, you know, it used to be that the priest uh, they went into the holiest of holies and they I'm telling you it was it was a rigorous examination that took place and uh, even yet after they they looked you was looked over from top to bottom every sacrifice uh, was uh, had to be looked over to top to bottom it had to be perfect uh, it couldn't be no spots no blemishes uh, uh, you know I'm thankful today that the blood of Christ uh, oh that covers a multitude of sin. Hallelujah. I'm thankful that one day that I made Jesus Christ, uh, I opened up my heart, I brought him in. Uh, being the body of Christ, you got to understand one thing, uh, that you're the temple, you're the house. Uh, uh, even though we're fearfully and wonderfully made, I'm, I'm going to tell you something today. Uh, uh, you've got to be able to open up uh, your heart. You've got to be able to, just like uh, uh, if you invited one of your friends over to open up your house, uh, invite, them, invite them in. A lot of times we keep guests, ministers, uh, and their family. My home is your home. Uh, you have access to every room uh, in this house. You wake up in the middle of the night, uh, you act like that's your refrigerator. You take uh, uh, your liberty to all the facilities uh, in this house. Uh, you make yourself at home. Uh, well, what are you talking about, brother? Brother Sampson, uh, I'm telling you something, Brother Plappert, it's the same thing when you invite God in. Uh, there can't be any restrictions. He's got to come in. You've got to open up your heart to make yourself at home, God. Uh, make yourself comfortable in every room. Uh, oh, I'm telling you something, uh, uh, even into the bedroom, it's an intimate relationship uh, with Jesus Christ. Uh, you don't just restrict him uh, uh, to the front porch. Uh, you don't just restrict him to just inside uh, uh, your dining room or your hall or foyer. Uh, uh, and you just wait right here and I'll get what I want you to have. Uh, and you go on about your business. But you open up uh, that house and you bring him in. Uh, okay, God, you have access to every uh, area of the house. Uh, you can come in my home. You can go in my bedrooms if you've got the boldness uh, uh, to 
to do that, but I don't have anything hid in the closet. Uh, I don't have anything hid in the back room. Uh, I don't have anything hid under the bed or the mattresses uh, that I don't want anyone to see. You could just walk through. Uh, there's no condemnation uh, about anything in my home. Uh, I want to tell you something with Jesus Christ. Uh, this is what Paul's trying to tell us. Uh, no, you not. Uh, this, this, is, this is one thing I'm trying to tell you. There's no difference in us now. We're all uh, one body and God is dwelling uh, on the inside of us. Uh, but when you bring him in, Sister Mills used to sing a song, uh, there's a place in my heart uh, that even I won't go. Uh, I got some things hidden there. Uh, I didn't want no one to know. Uh, and she, the song goes on to talk about holding uh, God at a distance uh, in these various locations uh, in her heart. Uh, oh, but this is what Paul's telling you now. Uh, man, you, I want you to know this. Uh, uh, we're the temple of the living God. Uh, uh, we're all one body. We're all uh, uh, one flesh. Uh, uh, there's no big eyes and little U's. Uh, uh, but when you bring him in, uh, he's got to have free reign in the house, uh, in the temple. Uh, oh, God, in the heart. Uh, he's got to be able to move freely. which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. It was hard for them to grasp. We're a part of the body of Christ. You should read the story of the little, uh, the woman at the well. He was opening that door right then and bringing, I must need to go to, to Samaria. When he goes, he talks about he meets the, the, uh, the woman at the well and, and he begins to talk with her and she thinks it's very strange him being a Jew and her uh, uh, a Gentile that he's even uh, expending any time with her. You were just a dog as far as that, uh, those rules were concerned in that day. But he's talking to her. The disciples have gone into town uh, to get, uh, you know, th uh, things to eat. And uh, the, the Lord's sitting there and he begins to talk with this lady. And uh, uh, then pretty soon she wants to know about this Jew-Gentile deal. What's going, what's going on here? You're spending this time. He said, uh, uh, there's going to time that the true worshipers, the true worshipers. You're not uh, just not going to be the Jews going to Jerusalem, uh, but right here in this place, uh, we're going to be begin to worship. Uh, uh, it's going to be opened up where I'm going to dwell in you uh, and you and me, and this door is open. And she began uh, to get excited, uh, and he began to talk to her, and she he she said, uh, uh, "Where's your husband?" And she said, "I don't have any." He said, uh, "You've spoken true. You've had." Five, uh, and the one that you have now belongs to somebody else. Uh, uh, but you know, he wasn't damning and condemning her. Uh, if you're not careful, a lot of times in the church, uh, you get this damning, condemning spirit. Uh, but God's looking at her. He's recognizing uh, this is somebody uh, that needs to open up their heart. Uh, and what she did before it was over, uh, and it had a witnessing uh, effect. I'm telling you something. Uh, she 
took off to town and she said, come uh, and see a man uh, that's told me everything that I've done. Uh, everybody looking at her knew what kind of a woman uh, uh, that she was uh, and still somebody loved her. Uh, uh, not because of what uh, uh, she could afford to give them, uh, uh, because of what he could afford uh, to give her. Uh, the disciples are gone. They're coming back. Uh, they seen this, this conversation going on. Uh, they bring nobody back with them. Uh, they bring nobody back. Uh, they've witnessed to nobody. Nobody's excited. Uh, but this little Gentile woman, uh, I'm telling you, the door is being opened. Uh, there's an opportunity, uh, and she's going to grasp this opportunity uh, uh, while it's in reach. Uh, come see a man uh, that's told me everything that I've done. And the people were following her back. I'm telling you something. You get excited about being drafted in or grafted in or adopted in to the family of God. You get excited. You begin to share it. Why? Because he's living on the inside of you. Come see a man. I was a sinner. Oh, Paul said of the... I was the chiefest of sinners. There was none greater than me. I read just this last evening about where Paul, there he stood and watched Stephen being stoned. And he consented to that. He was behind that. Oh, and we often talk about what is Stephen going to say on judgment day when the portals of heaven are opened up and there stands Paul the one that persecuted, the very one that consented to his, his being stoned. And he looks up, the very man that's brought us a greater half than half of the, uh, the New Testament books that we read. And there's Paul, but he's opened up and the, the grace of God has come into his heart. Paul's still excited about it. And he's talking to him in Ephesians 3, which in other ages was not made known to the sons of men. A lot of times we travel today, we just we need to go somewhere. If we need to go in a hurry, we just climb on a jet airplane and just a few hours we're hundreds of miles away. Now you take somebody born before the 50s, Maybe back in the 20s and the 30s, they can't grasp that. I, sometimes I make mention, I said, no longer than my dad's been gone, and I'll talk about technology. And I said, man, what, what would he think? Even, even the cars. I, I remember those Lincoln Continentals that Brother, Brother Triplett used to buy and them old Buick collectors and man, they was top of the class. But now they got cars that will, 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 will drive their self, you know, down the road and uh, uh, all of these different things. And I, I don't have time to deal with all that this morning, but every once in a while I'll make, I said, wouldn't it be neat if they could just come back for one day and experience some of this stuff that, uh, that we're seeing. And I mean, our technology, 
technology has, has advanced, uh, uh, but it would be so strange to them and so so different. They would, you know, you take people that's been in prison and may, maybe finally after 30 or 40 years get a pardon, like uh, the young man that preached for us, Brother uh, Toby, uh, that came and, and, you know, for 38 years was incarcerated. Uh, uh, and, and to come out and to begin to experience, uh, uh, you know, a lot of our kids, they don't even know what it's like not to have a cell phone. I just remembered, you know, 30-some years ago when they, when they first just really kind of started coming out. And I, I had one of these things. It cost, it cost a fortune to own it, but I was in business and I needed it 30-some uh, years ago. And uh, I remember the, the, the old bag phone that you carried around. And uh, uh, first it was mounted on your dash with an antenna sticking up. And then you got a bag phone. And man, on construction site, everybody on that, all those sub contractors or horns was blaring and you'd see people running out of the house to get to their phone uh, and answer that phone even today you see I remember back when all you had was if you had one was one phone in the office uh, and they called and you slipped in you got somebody and they had to go back to the office and, 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 and take a call now they get one and they run out of the church uh, uh, like their tails on fire trying to get to the entryway and sometimes you'll see them answering it before they get to the door because they don't want to miss the call you know can't even make a church service you know everything is an emergency but I remember just a few years back that they didn't have cell phones but this generation they can't they can't fathom that so this dispensation is changing here. People's having trouble realizing, hey, I can be a Christian. I can be a part of the, the body of Christ. I can be the temple of the, of the living God. And the, it, it, it's, it's a culture shock uh, to the change that this dispensation of grace is bringing in. That the Gentiles should be fellow heirs of the same body and partakers of his promise in Christ by the gospel whereof I was made a minister according to the gift of the grace of God given unto me by the effectual working of his power unto me who am less than the least of all saints is this grace given that I should preach among the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to make all men see what the fellowship of the mystery which from the beginning of the world hath been here in God who created all things by Jesus Christ to the intent that now unto the principalities and powers in heavenly places might be known by the church the manifold wisdom of God. He's brought us in. He's, 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 uh, uh, he's, he's made us heirs. We, we're, we, we got access to his knowledge. We have access uh, us to his blessings. We have access to his protection. Uh, oh, I'm telling you something. Uh, uh, it enables us uh, uh, 
maybe not to live in a world trouble free, uh, but it helps us. Uh, this Holy Ghost on the inside of us helps us uh, to live above it. Even though we're going through it, uh, he helps us cope with it. Uh, he helps us deal with it. Uh, I'm telling you something. He's the antidote. Uh, uh, talking about, I read a little bit this morning uh, uh, about a book that's been published talking about uh, uh, being fearfully and wonderfully made and also uh, uh, the house that God built. Uh, I'm telling you something. So many times uh, we talk about that stone that was set not of you builders. Uh, a lot of times the Bible talks about uh, uh, unless he does the work, our labor uh, is in vain. And a lot of times uh, uh, we want to build it. Uh, uh, we want to conduct and we want to uh, uh, conduct our life the way that we want it to go. But I want to tell you something. This Holy Ghost uh, will change you. Uh, this Spirit of God, uh, when it gets comes on the inside of you, uh, it'll change you. Uh, the things you used to desire, uh, you won't desire them anymore. Uh, the things you used to do, uh, you won't do them anymore. Uh, there'll be a conviction that takes place. Uh, there'll be a mind change uh, that takes place. Uh, you take infection uh, in the body. We have white corpuscles. Uh, I'm not a, 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 a doctor I, I, and I, I, I could get mixed up uh, pretty easy but I understand that the white uh, blood cells is what attacks uh, the infection. Uh, they just float around in the body. Uh, they may cling to the walls of the vascular uh, system uh, uh, and they may even change shapes and forms uh, and maybe just flee for, uh, for, uh, free flow through the uh, uh, the blood veins in, in the body seemingly no purpose uh, at all just flowing through and floating around uh, but you let one little injury you let one little bit uh, of infection uh, enter that body and scientists still really don't know uh, how they know what sounds the alarm uh, but this comes into that fearfully uh, and wonderfully made uh, all of a sudden those blood veins uh, white blood uh, cells uh, they begin to they are on a mission now they're not just floating aimlessly uh, there's an attack uh, that that's in the body uh, all of a sudden whatever it is in our system uh, alert, alerts that uh, these blood uh, uh, cells begin to flow uh, and they begin to succumb uh, uh, the infection they uh, uh, enclose and engulf it uh, uh, and then it'll talk about how it just sits there uh, and it begins to absorb the bacteria or the infection uh, or whatever the attack is uh, on the human body and pretty soon when it gets it completely covered it's almost like an explosion uh, that it annihilates uh, that infection uh, I don't know how to explain that very well uh, but I do know one thing uh, when sin uh, presents itself uh, in the body uh, in the heart in the soul in the mind uh, of a Christian uh, that spirit of God uh, I'm telling you something it's there uh, it's there to help you uh, it's there to give you an antidote. It's there to give you a resistance against the attack on this spiritual body. We have an advocate. Oh, I failed, Brother Sampson. I've sinned. I've failed miserably. If we sin, if we sin, we have an advocate with the Father. 
Jesus Christ, uh, the righteous, uh, and that spiritual, uh, oh, God, that flows, uh, that spirit that flows uh, through our veins, uh, it begins to build up a resistance. According to the eternal purpose which he purposed in Christ Jesus our Lord, in whom we have boldness. Don't matter who you are this morning. It don't matter if you're an Englishman, an Indian, an Irishman, an African-American. It don't matter what you are this morning. You have access. You're in this protection plan. Access with confidence by faith of him. Those that come to him must believe that he is what? A rewarder and them that reward uh, diligently seek him. Wherefore I desire that you faint not at my tribulation for you, which is your glory for this cause. He's coming back now, talking again like he started first verse out for this cause. That's why I bow my knee. That's why I pray. Oh, Brother Samson, you don't know what I'm going through for this cause. Oh, God, I could title it this morning for this cause. For this cause right here. Oh, God. I bow my knee unto the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, of whom the whole family in heaven and earth uh, is named. We all have one Father. Uh, oh, I'm telling you, there's no, uh, uh, there's no orphans. Uh, uh, everybody I talked about the other night, the, how he hired the laborers, uh, and those that finished up the day got the same pay. Uh, those that started, Brother Scotty, uh, Pegram, if you'll buckle up. You'll get a hold of this thing. Even though Brother Sampson's lived for God over half of his life, I want to tell you something. You get the same reward today as Brother Sampson gets. I'm telling you something. Oh, he's not a respecter of persons today. He don't care what you've done. There may be consequences to what you've done, but the what you've done will be covered by the blood of Christ. For this cause, uh, we bow our knee. Uh, for this cause, uh, we call uh, on the grace uh, of God. And that dispensation uh, of grace will cover us. Uh, his grace, uh, oh, brother, how is sufficient. It's sufficient. This is the reason we pray, because his grace uh, is sufficient. But they've done, I've done, it don't matter what you've done. His grace is sufficient. That Christ may dwell in your heart by faith, that ye being rooted and grounded in love. Get rooted, get grounded, get full of the Holy Ghost. For this cause we bow our knee may be able to comprehend with all saints what is the breadth, the length, the depth, and the height. You sing that old song, Too High, you can't get over it too wide, you can't get around it too low, you can't get under it, but you got to go through the gate. That's the only stipulation. And for this cause we bow our knee. Hallelujah. And to the know the love of Christ which passes all understanding that you might 
be filled with all the fullness of God. How do you stand, Brother Sampson? You get full of the Holy Ghost. You pray, you fast, you get full of the Holy Ghost. Well, I'm, I'm just struggling with this part of the Word of God. Get full of the Holy Ghost. Get full of the Holy Ghost. It's overwhelming in Bible reading. I, I, I can't comprehend. I, I don't think I can live. I just go get, have you a good prayer meeting. Pray until you speak in tongues. Pray until you get full of the Holy Ghost. Uh, and then go back and pick up that word of God and begin to read it. Uh, oh, I want to tell you something. You, you got to crucify this flesh. Uh, for this reason, uh, we bow our knee uh, because it brings that flesh uh, under subjection. Oh, God. Now unto him that is able, I've said this opening prayer this morning, that is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, and above all that we think, ask or think, according to the power. It's according to the power that works in you. I need more strength. I need more resistance. You need more power. How do I get more power? Paul's telling us, opening scripture, and I think it was verse 18 maybe, he said, for this cause, that's why we bow our knee, for this cause, we have pre-service prayer. For this cause, we have prayer, prayer rooms in the hallways. On Sunday night, uh, we gather in here and pray. For this cause, that we might be filled with all the fullness of God unto him that is exceedingly abundantly above all that we could think according to the power that worketh in him. Unto him be glory in the church while they come to the music this morning by Christ Jesus throughout all ages, world without end. Amen. Someone made the statement the other day. I, I think maybe Brother Segrist's son that was here. He said, you mean God will forgive me for everything that I've done? This is what I'm talking about. Pre-cell phone age, pre-jetliner days. These people can't hardly comprehend. People that don't know the love of God that shed abroad in our heart. I've been asked, how do y'all handle what you handle? How, how can you take that? A lot of times referred to it at our, at our funerals and stuff. You, 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 you tell some of the saddest, saddest things and heart-wrenching things. Well, to us, they're just a, it's a, they're just a good memory. But it's the, the grace of God and the strength of God that's why we bow our knee. That's why we pray to make preparation for these kind of times when they come. And when they come, then we can face it. And it's only by the grace of God. But people say, God will forgive me for everything I've done. And I know, Brother Hal, that they're sitting there and they're contemplating over past experiences. Past, They got some rooms shut up that they don't really... They're just a little reluctant. They're a little bit hesitant to open up. God already knows, but because 
they're this pre pre cell phone age, pre electric age, you know. They they can hardly grasp. God'll forgive me. Yeah, that's what I've been trying to tell you. This is why we bow our knee. The elder used to tell a story about the rich man that had a son that maybe wasn't just just right, and uh, they were with some diplomats and standing around talking, and the boy was like in his late 20s, and he was standing over, and he kept just kind of creeping up, and I can see Brother Triplett do it today, act like he had his finger in his mouth, sucking on his finger, and pretty soon his one of the men said something about, hey, you're, I think your son's wanting your attention. Wealthy man and the, and the boy, he said, son, what do you need? He said, daddy, can I have a nickel? And dad was so wealthy that he was embarrassed. He would, oh God, I wish he had asked me for a hundred thousand dollars or something, a nickel. But sometimes we approach God like that. I read a story this morning of, of a man from a well, very wealthy family. Will you stand to your feet this morning? And he got wayward, estranged from his family, and wound up on the streets. Doing, begging, doing whatever he could to survive just a meager survival. This was several years ago, so the, the amount of money that I'll use here was what was in the story would, wouldn't mean much today. It wouldn't even make a, a phone call today. But he stepped off... <laughs> And for 18 years, he had been begging on the street. And he stepped off in this town, and he was walking down the street getting ready to start trying to collect his little meager wage to try to survive. And just a beggar on the street. And he taps a gentleman on the back. He said, excuse me, sir, but would you have a dime you could spare? And the man turned around and he looked at him. And it was a man he hadn't seen in over 18 years. It was his father. And his dad he looked and he recognized they recognized each other immediately and he said dad father father do you know who I am do you remember me he said oh son yeah I remember you you asked for a dime he said everything I own 
belongs to you. I've been looking for you, son, for 18 years. This is a true story. I've been looking for you for 18 years. You asked for a dime when everything that I have is yours. Some of us here this morning, we've been over the hill and up the creek. We're even wondering if God knows where we're at. God, do you even care? David, a lot of times, God, do you even know where I'm at? And the whole time, God's been looking for you. Your heavenly father's been looking for you. He's been waiting for you. He's like the prodigal daddy looks. He's coming. That's him. I can tell by the way he walks. Kill the fatted calf. Let's get things together. We're getting ready to have a celebration. Oh, Brother Sampson, can that happen for with me? I'm telling you something. Our Heavenly Father's here this morning, and he's been looking at you, looking for you, and looking for you, and he's been waiting for the prodigal to come home. I don't care what addictions you've had. Substance. Porno, sex. I, it doesn't matter what it is this morning. God's been waiting for you. God's waiting for you with open arms. God wants to kill the fatted calf this morning. He wants to put that robe of royalty. He wants to give you that signet of authority this morning that you can walk out of this place and say, I'm not what I used to be. Oh, I can feel those uh, corpuscles right now beginning to attack, uh, beginning to absorb the infection. Uh, oh, it's going gonna, it's gonna to purge uh, all of that sin that's been in your life uh, this morning and all you got to do uh, is come boldly uh, to the throne of grace uh, this morning and say dad I'm just in need of a dime I'm just in need of a little help and I want to tell you something all the windows of heaven are going to be opened and you can experience what the most spiritual person in this room and that is the forgiveness of of this great God that we serve while they sing this morning. If you want to make that commitment, Brother Samson, I want to be a part of the family of God. I'm tired of restricting God out of certain areas in my life. I want to open it all up to him. I want him to make himself at home in my life and experience joy, experience happiness, experience peace. God, I'm tired of the sin and game. I'm tired of everything. I don't say them anymore. I've found a better way.